Hey, this is Graham, and I am so pumped you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Grace community, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on social media, at the Grace AG on all social outlets. But the best way to connect is to join our online community at live.graceassembly.org. Here, you can engage and connect with other Grace members all around the world. So, we hope today's message encourages and challenges you. Let's jump right in. It's my privilege today to introduce uh, Pastor Ed to you today. Uh, 2002, this barrel-chested Latino walks into Grace. Sounds like a joke, the beginning of a joke, but, uh, but he just looks super fly, you know, uh, square glasses, this incredible beard thing that you had. And uh, just amazing, he and Evelyn, and they, they became part of the leadership of our Spanish language service uh, and becoming pastors of the Spanish language service, doing a great job. Uh, a few years later, we added the uh, opportunity for community outreach uh, for the last several years, and he has just shined in helping us as a church to be palms down to our community. I can tell you that we've never had better relationships with schools in our community and with city leaders in our community, and much of that is because of Pastor Ed and Evelyn's hard, hard work in building those relationships through serve days and all kinds of different opportunities. And so we are so excited. Uh, not that they're leaving. We're excited to hear from him today. But uh, last year, uh, he, and, he began a conversation with me about their heart uh, and what they were wanting to do. I'll let him share a little bit more detail about that. But he'll be with us for the next few weeks, helping us with Serve Day and, and things like that. But in July, they're going to be moving to Lafayette to be part of a, a church outreach ministry there as well. So we'll give him an opportunity to fill in all those details. But church, would you help me welcome and honor Pastor Ed Garcia as he comes to share God's word today. Love you. Thank you so much. Man, I love you guys. Good morning. Uh, thanks, Pastor. Uh, I truly appreciate the opportunity to be able to share uh, with our church family today. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I cherish this. Uh, Pastor Wayne alluded to this barrel-chested guy who walked into the church, uh, not mentioning my mustard-colored jacket at the time. Yeah, uh, sounds almost like a joke, only if you add priest and rabbi to it, just so you know. Uh, today I'm not going to share long church, said every pastor who fills the pulpit and is a liar and needs to repent, but I truly mean it. I'm not going to share very long. My part will be really just about 20 minutes, but I want to share my heart with you today. Today we're going to look at the most iconic Jesus encounter that we see in the New Testament, uh, and it's found in uh, John chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 42. Now I'm not going to read it, but you could read it at home. Uh, I have the worst uh, reader voice. I have the worst radio voice. I don't even have a face for television, so I got nothing going for me. Uh, so I won't read it. I won't bore you with that, but we'll watch it because the Chosen series does a really great, great depiction of illustrating 
this story from John chapter 4. So let's watch it together today. I love this story. I love, no, wait, wait, I love, amo esta historia. I love it. And I, I'm sure you have heard countless teachings, preachings on this story of Jesus encountering the woman at the well. And today I'd like to point something new out to you, hopefully. I mean, I'll point you in a different direction, maybe, that you can see this story in a different way. But one of the most important details of the story can easily be missed. It exists simply to create the setting, which leads me to the big idea for today. This encounter isn't possible without the well. This encounter that this woman had with Jesus that day would not be possible, would not have happened if the well was not there. The nameless Samaritan woman comes to this well, and she's nameless for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons why I would like to believe that her name is nameless and a lot of other stories of people encountering Jesus that stay nameless is because God wants to give you and I the opportunity to insert your name there. Her story is my story. Her story is a lot of your stories today. When you watch this video, when you read the text, you, you can see exactly what's happening, this transformation in her life while she's talking to Jesus, while she's going through the talking points, while she's arguing, while she is thinking and chewing on that conversation. You could see a development happening, a transformation happening in her life, and the transformation that happens in her life lines up with the vision of this church, this house. She comes to the well, and she comes to know God. God becomes real to her through Jesus as the Savior of the world, the Messiah. Then as that conversation happens, she realizes that Jesus gives her grace and truth. She finds freedom. There is something very liberating about that. Jesus didn't pull any punches with her. He spoke to her just the way things were, very factually, not harshly, but factually, things about her life, but yet he extended grace, he extended compassion. There was no condemnation, even though he was giving her truth. And when she received that, when she embraced that, her life changed. Then as she walks through that process, she begins to realize that the truth that she's just received, the grace that she's just received, it's no longer, she no longer feels condemned, she no longer feels shame of her past. She shows up that day by herself because of the shame of her past, the shame of her life. And Jesus restores her. She has no issue running back to the town where people talked about her. She had no issue running back to the town telling people about this man that told her everything about her life. So Jesus gives her renewed purpose, and there was purpose behind her pain. And she discovers her purpose, and then Jesus releases her. She realizes, I can't hold this to myself. I gotta tell somebody. And she runs back to her community, and she changes her community. She makes a difference. And when we make a difference, 
Just like she made a difference, she points people back up to the top so that way they can know Jesus. And so the cycle continues. Do you see that? This encounter wouldn't have happened without the well. Jesus intentionally shows up to the well. Jesus intentionally reveals himself at the well and through the well. Jesus knew the well would be the vehicle for something great. Now, when Evelyn and I came to Grace, I remember one of the first videos that we saw, Pastor Wayne posted a picture that he put up at the marquee when him and Tracy showed up some 25 years ago, and it said on there, become part of something great. And many people jumped into that vision. Many people accepted the invite to be a part of something great. And Jesus invites us to do that as well. Now the well provides an opportunity for an individual and community transformation. Then, now, and tomorrow. In the conversation that Jesus has with her, Again, he tells her in John 4, 14, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, again, in case you didn't catch it, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The significance of this well, where they're at, is brought up in the story. She even tells Jesus, right? And, and, and the name the, 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 the person who dug the well, his name is mentioned. His name is Jacob. And, and Jacob's well, it provides an opportunity. It provided an opportunity for Jesus that day to present himself as the life-giving Messiah, the Savior to this woman who needed transformation. The woman asked him, are you greater? Are you greater than the man who dug this well? Are you greater than our father Jacob? The answer for Jesus is a resounding yes. I knew Jacob. What? Yes. And in that conversation, while that well is important because Jacob provided those children, those people, physical water in a desert where there was nothing but death, where there was nothing at all, Jacob dug a well and he saw something that could flourish where there was nothing. And Jesus says, that's great, but what I give you is even greater. It's living water for your spiritual wasteland. The life that Jesus gives, it satisfies all of our needs, physical, emotional, and spiritual. It's like a well that springs up and becomes eternal life. The well is an important part of this story. Because the well in this story is a beautiful picture of the church. The well, much like a church, it brings life to a community. The well, like a church, it brings hope to a community. The well, much like a church, brings transformation to individuals and to the community. Now, some time ago, Somebody saw here in this area of New Whiteland Greenwood, they saw here in this area, they saw what maybe a lot of other people saw, nothing. And Jacob saw that for a time. 
But Jacob is a prominent point in this discussion because he dug a well. He did something about it. Jacob's well brought hope. It brought value to the people in that community. When people thought that nobody was thinking about them, when people thought that they, that they no longer had a voice, when people thought that God had abandoned them, Jacob dug him a well. Jacob envisioned that his well would become the epicenter of life for people, for livestock, and for crops. The well enhanced people's lives. He did that. The well where Jesus meets the woman at was dug 700 years prior to Jesus showing up to have that conversation intentionally with that one woman. You know, when you think about digging wells, it's not glamorous. It's hard work. A lot of sweat, a lot of pain. A lot of blood sometimes goes into it if you have soft hands like mine. That's why I wear gloves. But there is a lot of work that goes into digging wells. You know, when Jesus, when God has a conversation with Abraham, who was the grandfather to Jacob, and he gave him a vision, he gave him a promise, he gave him a covenant, and he told him that he would be a father to many nations. He told him that he would be able to have land that would just exceed his wildest dreams. He told him that he would be blessed beyond measure. And what did Abraham do? He took that, he took that covenant, and he started to dig wells. He dug wells in different spots in different areas of the land where God told him to walk. And guess what his son did, Isaac? He redug some of the wells that his dad did, and then he started to dig his own wells. And guess what Jacob did following his father's pattern? He dug some more wells. It is the most unglamorous, most unsightful thing that maybe you can just kind of gloss over when you look and read through that story in Genesis. But I'm here to tell you that wells are important. And I'm here to tell you that, guess what? They, do, they don't appear just on their own. Someone has to envision it, and someone has to dig it. I thank God that somebody envisioned and dug a well here in New Whiteland and Greenwood. Because guess what? Grace, grace is a well to this community. Now, I didn't have the privilege of meeting him, but I saw him off at a distance because Pastor Wayne and one of the ribbon-cutting services for one of the buildings here brought all of the past previous pastors that have ever been a part of this church who helped dig the well deeper. And I saw him, along with a lot of others like Pastor Winters as well, and it was a tremendous sight to see for pastor to have the fortitude to bring blessing to this place. But over 40 years ago, Pastor Norton Richardson, church planter, well digger, looked out at a field off of 31 right here where we are sitting right now. And he saw a church. It didn't exist, but he saw a church. And guess what he did? He started digging. He started moving dirt and planted a church right here. And every pastor that has ever been a part of this church story dug that well a little bit deeper. The church may have changed names a few times, but it's now called Grace Assembly of God. Can I get an amen? amen. And now look, look at the impact that grace has had 
in this community. Look at the impact that grace will continue to have in this community for years to come. We sit here and somebody paid for these chairs. We sit here and somebody dug and dug and dug because they bought into the vision that God still reaches people at wells. The well is the blessed place for someone to come to know Jesus Christ. And so they just kept on digging and digging and digging. And pastor took 27 people and now look of what God has done. We stand here today, and I am here to tell you that this well here at Grace, it runs deep. This well here at Grace, man, it impacts widely. So many miracle offerings, so much finances that have gone into this place that have been blessed by God, so many resources, and I look out at every person here today, and I see you as a resource for God's use. Many of you have dug and dug, dug, dug. I see talents. I see gifts. I see you inviting people, telling people to experience grace. I've seen healings here at this place, both physical, emotional, and spiritual. I've seen whole families come to Jesus here at Grace. I've seen Jesus do amazing things through Pastor Wayne's beautiful illustrated sermons. I've seen God do amazing things through teachings, so much fasting and prayer happening here at this church, all of the outreaches like Serve Day and Christmas Store and all the other things. We have the best food pantry in the state of Indiana led by the Rojas. We have the best CR led by Judy Cox. We have the best Indiana diaper source in the state of Indiana. Why? Because people picked up a shovel and kept on digging. Ella and I, we came to Grace in 2002, 19 and a half years ago, and we have been drinking from this water that has brought life to our souls. We came hurt from ministry. We had, we had dedicated our lives two years in a revitalization work in Indianapolis that had fallen on hard times and we gave it our all, not making a dime because we love God's people. We came here and grace was the well that we needed. We came here and Pastor and Tracy, they just loved on us. We've been blessed. Church, you are blessed. You are blessed with great leadership. You are blessed with a great pastoral family. You are blessed. When I came here to Grace, I actually had hair. <laughs> a lot of it. A lot, that is not a doctored picture, that is real. A real wig on my head. And they sheared that off. For those of you who are called into ministry, this is your future. <laughs> Just trying to encourage you. But I remember my, one of my first pictures with Pastor Wayne and Tracy. It was a little bit after we had arrived here. My in-laws were visiting. I know, look at that picture. It was a few pounds ago for me. Uh, I was already losing my hair. Pastor Wayne still has a full head of hair. Yeah, the, the waters may be receding, but 
You got it. You're the silver fox. But I remember this picture. And I remember the joy that I still have to, to this day. Joy that comes only from a well because this well runs deep and Jesus is still preached here today. That's why lives are being transformed. Question, indulge me for a bit. Raise your hand if you have had a woman at the well experience like the story in the book of John where you gave your heart to Jesus. You had a Jesus encounter here at this church or maybe a previous church before becoming part of grace. Raise your hand if that's you here today. Wow, look at all these hands. I want you to think about this because a lot of times we don't, but somebody envisioned that church and somebody dug a well for that church to happen where you had a Jesus encounter. It didn't just appear, somebody worked at it. Somebody made it happen. Someone dug a well for you to meet Jesus. Why are wells important? Because digging wells is all about expansion. In the story, Jacob, we don't see it, but I want to share it with you. Jacob's father, Isaac, dug wells. He redug some of the wells that Abraham had dug, but he truly didn't experience success until he dug his third well. It says in Genesis chapter 26, verse 22, Isaac, he moved on from there, the second well, dug another well, and no one quarreled over it. No one fought him over it. Nobody gave him any contention about it. And because he had so much success digging that well, he named it. He named it. He called it Rehoboth, saying, now the Lord has given us room, and we will flourish in the land. Why is that name important? Because it clicked with Isaac. That digging wells was all about expansion. Rehoboth actually means expansion. Expansion about, is about making room for growth. It's about allowing new people to experience Jesus Christ for themselves. Expansion is about bringing blessings to a dry, hopeless area. You see, digging wells is about expansion. I want grace to expand. Pastor wants grace and this DNA, the DNA of this house to expand. And it's expanded. Let me just say that it has expanded worldwide. Our giving, our helping. We have an opportunity to expand here in our Samaria where people feel like they're on the fringe, where maybe people feel like they're forgotten Maybe the people who feel like they're a second-class citizen, people who feel like maybe their past will never allow them to have a future. And we believe that digging a well is needed. More wells need to be dug for people to meet Jesus. I'm here to tell you today that through the Spanish launch that pastor has mentioned that'll happen later on this year. It's needed. It's needed in Indianapolis. Grace in Espanol needs to become a well in Indianapolis. 
and become an oasis for people who need the living water of Jesus to some 83,000 unreached Spanish-speaking Latinos and Caribbeans. People need to know the Lord. And we have an opportunity today to make that happen. You have an opportunity today to pick up a shovel and help dig that well for that new church plant. You have an opportunity today to expand the kingdom of God so that way Jesus could have more encounters with people at the well. How can you help? I'm glad you asked. First, you can pray. Pray over the new leadership, the pastors that will be leading the charge, Pastor Xavier and Lisadia and their family. Pray for the leaders that will be accompanying and, and making sure that this success, this launch is a success. I want you to pray that God continue to provide wisdom over all of us, that God ideally set us in the right location so that way people can meet Jesus and pray for favor in that new location and pray for Holy Spirit empowerment because guess what? We can't do it alone. We need the Holy Spirit. I also ask today that you think and consider about giving. We're looking at wanting to raise up from this house $100,000. And I have faith. I have faith that more can come in. $100,000 to see a church plant in Indianapolis to reach Latinos for Jesus. But also you have resources, you have knowledge, you have connections, you have... There are people sitting here in this room today that you may say, well, I don't know how much I can get, but I know somebody who could help. I know a connection. I know somebody who could help this happen. So I ask you to consider about giving of your resources, your knowledge. And I ask you to serve. You may say, Pastor, I don't know Spanish. But guess what? You find a location, you have an opportunity to pick up a literal shovel and some other kind of power tool and help out because there's probably more than likely an opportunity for you to be able to help remodel, landscape, help, serve projects could happen in this new location and you can jump right in in helping make it happen today. Part of the reason why Ewell and I are stepping into this new season of our life is because some, some years ago, God put it in my heart to want to see not just Latinos, but a lot of people groups come to Jesus. Two years ago, we started Indiana School of Ministry in Espanol, and we realized, I realized, I'm old, I have no hair, the gaps between my teeth keep on extending into different time zones, and I can't do it alone, and I need help. And so we started this school that now has 17 students. And this next year will be our third year, and we hope to have 25 students, but it creates a pathway for people who have the call of God on their life, whether that's to be a missionary, evangelist, or a pastor, and we're telling them, hey, while you're doing that and figuring it out, we wanna help you, and we wanna place a shovel in your hand, and we wanna be well diggers with you. 
part of that process leads us to Lafayette to become community center directors there for River City Community Center, but to also help dig a well in Lafayette and bring a new Spanish church there. And hopefully three. And wherever it is that God takes us thereafter, Because in my heart, I want to see 25 Spanish-speaking churches raised here in the state in the next 10 years. And so I'm looking for some people to pick up some shovels and help us dig. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's great. Today's my first day. That's a lot of information. Well, I want to tell you today, if today's your first day, maybe you're watching online for the first time, and you've never had a well experience, today could be your day. Today could be the day where you say, Pastor, you know what? I I want my story to make a difference. I want my name to make a difference. I'm going to ask if you don't mind bowing your heads. Nobody looking around. But I want to speak to those people who have an opportunity here today to give your life to Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you say, Man, I need, to, I need to have Jesus in my life. I'm here to tell you that he will forgive you of your past, your past sin, your situation. I'm here to tell you today that he can heal you. I'm here to tell you today that he will forgive you. He will receive you. He will give you purpose, and he can make a difference in your world today. So if that's you, I want to encourage you to pray along with me. And all of us here, we're going to pray together. So say it out loud with me. Say, Jesus, I can relate to the woman at the well. I have felt like something's been missing. And now I know it's you. Forgive me today. Help me find freedom. Give me renewed purpose for living. And help me to make a difference for you. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer today, come on. Let people know, church, that they just made the best decision of their life. Chains have been broken. Healing is happening. Stories are being changed. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it online or jump on the website at graceassembly.org and click the giving link so that we can continue to spread the message of Jesus all around the world. Have a blessed day and we'll see you next week.